Welcome to Gospel Matters, where the gospel interacts with everyday life. Well, welcome back for the last in our series on discipleship, real life discipleship. We've been talking for the past several weeks about Jim Putman's book, Real Life Discipleship. And we've been walking through the various stages of discipleship from spiritual infant to spiritual childhood uh, to spiritual young adulthood, which we talked about last week. And this week, we're going to be getting into that last phase, a very important phase, spiritual parenthood. So happy to be here with uh, Pastor Casey today. How are you doing today, Casey? Doing great. Great, Brent. Thanks for having me on our show. So it's always funny. I always say thanks for having me, but uh, we, we office in the same place. And, I know, I know. But, but it's still fun to say for our listeners, because I'm sure they're like, don't they work together? But yeah, so hey, it's really good to be here. I appreciate those who are listening for taking time out of your busy weeks to listen uh, to hopefully be encouraged and equipped, especially if you're a member here at Christ Community Church of Magnolia. If you're not a member here at Christ Community Church of Magnolia, you can go to another church. We're glad you're listening in. We hope you find this helpful and supplemental to uh, your instruction from your local body, and we would be thrilled uh, to hear from you and hear how God's using um, our, our podcast and encouraging you in your faith along the way. Uh, you can visit us on Facebook at Gospel Matters Podcast, uh, and you can also visit our website, c3magnolia.org. In our resource section, you can find Gospel Matters there. Uh, so really glad to have everybody on here today. And uh, as Pastor Brent said, we're going to be talking about uh, the last stage of the discipleship process, the spiritual parent. Uh, so the five processes are the spiritual dead, those who do not yet know Jesus, um, those who then are born again, become spiritual infants, That's they're right. babies, they've been born again, they then develop, Lord willing, as they, um, you know, as you share life with them, as you share truth, as you share new habits, they're connected to the body, they become spiritual ch children who um, are growing and, and beginning to thrive, but also very self-centered and self-focused. But as they mature through childhood, they become, as we talked about last episode, spiritual young adults. And now we're talking about those who are trained and released to replicate the gospel impact in the lives of others by making disciples spiritual parents. Yes, yes, which is, you know, really, uh, this is where we want everybody to be. That's right. I mean, this is what we're called to be. We're called to mature into spiritual parenthood, uh, where we then uh, take on an ever-increasing role in making disciples of others. Um, so let's talk about that today. Uh, spiritual parenthood, what are some of the marks of someone who has attained to spiritual parenthood? Primarily, uh, you can identify a spiritual parent by them being far more strategic in how they order their entire lives around the purposes of God, primarily around um, being a minister, um, you know, what does the team need? What is good for the church? How can I help the overall body? Who is it that's in my life that I could, you know, help encourage to the next place of spiritual maturity? It's the the family that's intentional about having people over outside of just church functions, but right. are wanting to share the gospel with their neighbors. They're wanting to disciple younger believers. Uh, you know, as I talk to the older families in our church, I tell them one of the things that my prayer is, is that as we get older believers, more mature believers in the church, that they would um, join us in making disciples that are growing and multiplying. And so um, a, a spiritual parent also has a coaching mindset. Like yeah. they're not there just to lecture, but to really help identify strengths uh, and gifts in people, to give them opportunities to lead, and then to set them loose to go lead. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's a um, 
it's a desire that shifts from just me and not just hoping best and trying to help others, but really being intentional how they, they don't just have to prove that they know something, but how then do they use what they know and how they know God to help other people mature in the same way. What do you think, you know, we, we talked last week about spiritual uh, young adults. What do you think are some of the biggest barriers from moving from a spiritual young adult to a spiritual parent? Well, it's inadequacy, I think, partly. Like, oh, I could never disciple someone else. You know, I was talking to a young couple recently, and they said, oh, we just don't know if now's the right time to become parents. And I said, oh, stop. <laughs> I said, let's just stop right there. I said, I, I get that, you, you know, you're newly married and you want to take some time, but but you've been misled. You're never going to feel ready. Yeah. And if you feel ready, that might mean that you've been trying for a while uh, to have a baby. But even then, you think you're ready until that baby comes home with you. Yeah. And you realize there's no way to really be ready. And so it's, um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest barriers is people like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do with somebody. Right. And that's why Putman does a good job saying it. Hey, part of helping someone as they're growing into spiritual parent to learn what does it look like to make a disciple? What's the process there? Now there's also that, I mean, I agree. Inadequacy can play a big role, but there's also when people are thinking about becoming parents, there's also the the idea that many people have is that well, this baby's going to complicate my life. And I like my life the way that it is. So inconvenience. I inconvenience. mean, I mean, it's especially if you take a, a brand new believer who has uh, still very fresh uh, residual sin uh, and patterns and behaviors and habits, and endeavor to disciple him or her. Um, that's not just a within business hours thing all the time. Um, yeah. It's giving yourself to walk with somebody both when they're doing well and then when they're not doing well and having the love and courage to confront them when they're in sin and and to encourage them when they're feeling down and to instruct them in the ways that he or she should go and so yeah i mean absolutely i mean i know people that don't want to have kids just because they're inconvenient you know you're like i, I like going on a date night when i want to or, right right you know we like being dinks dual income uh, no kids right um and and, and so it's the it, there, there is that thing but when a person understands the gospel and the application in their lives as they mature in the faith there should be a growing desire that hey people um people other people need to know jesus the way i know jesus and uh, or they might see a young family who's struggling and say i remember what it was like to be a young family who's struggling uh, but but i think uh, spiritual children sometimes take that on but they do, do it more in view of like a project like i want to i want to fix that family well that's not what a spiritual parent says spiritual parent says i'm going to influence that family i want to help that family i want to yes. point them to the ultimate helper jesus i'm not the savior he is a spiritual child might be want to be helpful but it's more for what they're getting out of it rather than what god has already given to them and so there, there's you got to be careful there because i think a lot of people believe they're spiritual parents because they hang out with people that they already like and try to help them encourage them be nicer people rather than say hey the gospel is so influenced impacted me that that greatest hope needs to be shared with other people and i'm willing to suffer and trudge along for a long time and be frustrated for that purpose yeah yeah so one of the it's interesting how i think church kind of mirrors culture and a lot of things i mean this is just i think happening in our culture one of the big problems that you hear about is failure to launch yeah. It is, uh, you know, the the kid who goes off to college or who graduates high school and can't survive on their own, so they end up coming back home and uh, can't take care of themselves like they should, can't do the things that they need to do. 
problem in the culture, an issue in the culture. And there's people who, who are back at home for completely legitimate reasons, and we would say absolutely. They need to be back at home, but maybe save money or whatever. So I'm not here to criticize people who are living at home with their parents. Right. But my question is, how much of that is a problem in the church where we have people who maybe are in young adulthood but are failing to launch in terms of getting out on their own and, and, uh, and being disciple-makers on their own? Well, I mean, I think it's pandemic or epidemic. I can't remember which words correctly, but it's, I mean, the, the church is paralyzed. I mean, it's, you know, I say this not just about our church in general, but just the church in general is like the Lord of the Flies. There aren't many adults on the island. It's a bunch of kids running around trying to rule things. Mm. And so, the you know, and that's why, I mean, I think that's why, you have to have such humongous churches in America with big programs and all that because there are not enough spiritual parents to take care of all the spiritual kids. Yeah. And so we've created these spiritual orphanages, if you will, that are programized, or, you know, programmatic and systematized in order to keep up with the demand. And all they're really able to do is, is to release uh, functioning 18-year-old, Lord willing, young adults spiritually, but a lot of times it's just a little bit more mature kids. Yeah, and I think... So, I think so. that's that's a spot-on analogy. I think it's a spot-on analogy. And again, that's not to be negative about big churches. That's not to be negative about that no, model of church. No, not at all. But, but I know one no, of the I reasons... No, I think that, that's just... I think that's... I mean, and it's not against those people. They're they're doing something, which I love, but it's evidential in our culture yes. that we are not creating spiritual parents at a fast enough clip to be able to really have a replicated model. Right, and it's not even that we're experiencing huge revival in most of our places. Yeah, it's just that there aren't enough believers who value the discipleship process and understand their calling to be a part of it, and so the church must respond. And then, I mean, even though we're only a couple hundred people, we've got to hire out things that I wish people would take responsibility for Agreed. as well. Agreed. So it, you know, that's not me knocking any large church. I'm just saying I think objectively that is an evidence of the fact that. Along the way, discipleship, while it takes time, is not keeping up with the demand, and we're having to see that in our churches. While you see the church, the, the underground church in China, or you see stuff going on in South Korea, or you see stuff going down in South America, where there there's a smaller cell group um, discipleship model, and and you know you have to wait you know decades to see what what is the validity and depth of, fruit of that of fruit. Yeah. But at the same time, there's also this idea that I mean I, I think. Um, We've got to be mindful of that for sure. Well, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think part of, a, you know, I always tell people this. One of the reasons we're so passionate about being a church that disciples is that I think we're seeing the fruit in our culture of churches that were very weak on discipleship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it used to be, and I remember when I was growing up in the church, used to be how many people raised their hand at a meeting, yep. how many people signed a card, how many people were baptized. But there was very little emphasis on discipleship. And uh, I think we're seeing the fruit of that. We're seeing the fruit of, of a Christianity that is a mile wide and an inch deep, uh, very light discipleship, very low level of spiritual maturity. And there's, is there any re question why Christianity in our country is, uh, is retracting? It's getting smaller. It's getting uh, less able to influence the culture. I, well, I mean, that that's precisely what's going on, Brent. I mean, they, y y if the gospel is no longer powerful, if the grave is not empty, right, Paul says, we are to be pitied among all men, mm -hmm. right? And so um, we, we've 
and I tell people like that. They're like, man, I thought you'd have a bigger church by now five years in. But I'm like, well, a couple hundred ain't bad. I mean, compared to national. <laughs> but I say we intentionally slow down at times to ensure that we're able to properly disciple um, uh, people because we're responsible. You and I are pastors here. Elders are responsible for the equipping the saints of the work of ministry. Yes. And it's not that we kick anybody out, but you know, for me, I, I'm I don't I don't feel successful if we get a whole bunch of people to agree with some state statements, sign a card, and then show up occasionally. Yes. Right? That's not what we're called to. We're called to obey Jesus by making disciples of Jesus, right? Our mission statement, we exist to glorify God by making followers of Jesus Christ who are growing and multiplying. And so that takes time, but there will be, uh, I've said this to you before, there will be a compounding tipping point um, of disciples if we get just a handful of people to really commit to growing in their faith, being disciples, and becoming spiritual parents. We will see a marked difference in our immediate community and in our church. And it doesn't mean our church won't eventually grow larger and larger, but as we're growing larger and larger, there are people who are in place to disciple people along the way so we can plant more churches in our region, in our nation, and in our world that are disciple-making churches. So we've talked a little bit about what it means to be a spiritual parenthood. And one of the things you talked about was the, the more strategic focus that a person has about uh, making disciples. What are some actual behaviors that you would expect a spiritual parent to begin to exhibit some things that they would that they should start doing how they should begin to operating how would you see that playing out at a church like christ community church or or somewhere else you know i think in our in our context people who have experienced discipling before i think a mature parent would go to the leadership and say hey i've discipled before here's what i've done what are you hoping to accomplish how can my gifts complement what you're doing um you know, having some couples over and just getting to know them a little bit. And um, hopefully if they're not yet leading a community group, they'd offer their services to say, hey, we'd love to take responsibility of overseeing a community group. You know, because a spiritual parent uh, has, um, you know, has the ability to think about building teams and, yeah. and putting people in the right place. And they have a mindset of a coach that really wants to help fine-tune and refine and help people grow. They're, they're not a territorial um uh, person who's like, well, I want to keep this guy down because he might become a better discipler than I am. And that's why with me here, I, you know, a, a few weeks ago, um, Rick Bowers was preaching and you're, you were preaching, you know, these next few weeks. And uh, I'm thrilled by that. That doesn't threaten me at all. Every time you guys get better, I celebrate because that's part of what we should be building Absolutely. here is an environment where all of us are growing Absolutely. and that you, Rick, myself, Pastor John are refining each other and sharpening each other. And as our preaching grows, we're spurring each other on, not in a competitive sense but in a way that's saying hey um as we're building more more pastors and if we ever plan a campus or something like that we're going to put a we're going to put a preacher there yeah you know and if maybe yeah. we might rotate or whatever but that's my heart is like as we multiply as a church i want to do so with humans who are making a disciple and proclaiming the gospel of jesus yes. and and whether it's a church planning residency or it's a discipleship process or it's a preaching intern uh we've got to be and that's where it's going you know, like from my where i'm sitting as a lead teaching pastor is that i want to replicate myself in others and use my gifts to pour into other people. And so I'm thinking through, okay, you know, it's not just about me taking weeks off. I like preaching, 
but it's like, hey, how, how can I give, I know Brent's at a place where you preached a lot last summer, and so it's best for him to have a couple weeks in a row to get back in that rhythm, yep. to really work on what he's been learning, and, and to really encourage our body that way. And for Rick, knowing that, hey, the next step for Rick is probably letting him do two weeks in a row so that he's having to prepare more sermons. And so those are the ways I'm thinking. What I, what I think about when I'm discipling people in their marriages, you know, how do I, one, defuse the bomb, and we've talked about that in previous podcasts, but two, how do I help people mature in areas that are behind, you know, in their faith and just in the way they behave with one another. And so I think spiritual parents are, are very mindful and discerning and prayerful about whom they're meeting with, um, how they meet with them, and also how much of themselves they are giving away, right? Discipling someone doesn't mean they move in with you necessarily. It may mean that you meet for a meal once a month for a year. I have one man that meets with me once a month for coffee, and he's agreed to do so at least a year, yeah. and then we'll see after that. But yeah. And he's a spiritual parent. He likes pouring into young leaders. Well, Jim talks a lot about, Jim Putman talks a lot about in his book, this idea that, you know, whereas before at a spiritual young adult stage, there was a lot of one-on-one mentoring, uh, you know, some um, you're giving somebody reps, but under supervision. Right. Uh, Jim Putman talks a lot about in Real Life Discipleship that for parents— it's releasing them. That's right. Parents. Mm-hmm. What does that look like, and uh, how do you see that kind of happening in the church body? Now, I see it through um, people who are taking leadership positions, uh, children's ministry. Uh, if they want to start, you know, pouring into other leaders there, replicating themselves there. I see that in our community groups. Um, raising up more of our community group leaders to the place where they're really spiritual parents so that they're taking responsibility for apprenticing people to grow and mature in their faith, to go out and, and replicate themselves. I see that in um, the elder process here of you know raising up elders who are able to make disciples and know what that looks like and are able to handle the Word of God. I see that in raising up church planters who are able to go um, and plant churches yeah. that plant churches. And so I see that working out in multiple ways uh, throughout uh, the ministry here at Christ Community Church. Well, certainly that's one of the reasons why we're so uh, such passionate members of a church planting network. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, the main idea is to raise up men from within the church and families who support them and sending them out to plant churches, raising up spiritual parents who we can release to go and minister to other uh people in our area and around the world. Absolutely. So it's very important, very important for discipleship that we create spiritual parents. And, um, and that's my prayer, Brent, is, is just that we would have a culture and that we as leaders would continue to mature in our faith and ask hard questions and see who we're discipling and, and grabbing people in our sphere of influence. I mean, every couple that comes to me for any sort of marriage counseling, I say, I'm not really going to be a counselor. I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to disciple you in your marriage. And then I'm going to expect you to eventually disciple other people in marriage as well. And so that's why I'm working on developing stuff to help people work through that process with other people because ultimately, you know, although we live in a beautiful community, um, there's a lot of broken relationships. And in those brokenness, you know, we've got to replicate ourselves not only because ultimately Jesus is the answer of your broken marriage and your financial issues and your sickness and your soul. Um, But helping people have uh, rails, if you will, of how to do that is a responsibility of the leadership to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so that's something that we've been endeavoring here to do so that we don't just talk about discipleship, but we really begin doing that. And, um, you know, I really believe we're making some progress. I'm really excited. So let me ask you this. So say you've got a a guy out there or a girl out there who is doing this assessment. You know, all along the way, they've been doing this assessment. They've been thinking, am I a spiritual infant? Am I a spiritual child, young adult? And you're starting to think maybe that, you know what, I think I may be within reach of becoming a spiritual parent. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know if you're ready? 
you, well, you seek counsel from those that you believe might be spiritual parents. Okay. okay. Maybe you talk to your pastor or elder. If you're here at Christ Community Church, grab one of us and say, hey, I really feel like I'm at that place. And if you're, if you're a community group leader, that's just something that we're hoping for you anyways, that you're maturing to that point of, yeah. of spiritual parenthood. Um, but I think then you start, you notice a shift of, I'm starting to think more strategically. Or, you know, a lot of people who become spiritual parents may not need to have like a, a bar mitzvah sort of like, I've now become a spiritual parent, right? right. Uh, they might just start meeting with somebody. It's like, okay, well, I can meet with someone, talk about the Bible a little bit and pray for them and ask them how to encourage them and just take leadership on that. Start doing that, you know. In, in our community groups, we're working towards having discipleship groups that are smaller pockets of people from that community group, uh, same gender, who are getting together to meet and talk about matters of life and faith. And so maybe your your call is to, to step up and do that. And maybe you're coming to a point of spiritual parenthood and you need to step up and say, hey, I'm not leading a community group yet. I'd love to be an apprentice. Um, there's a lot of ways here to begin taking that next step. But for me, discipleship was just always something that I felt like, oh, that's what the Bible says. So I'd always ask people, hey, you want to get a soda? You know, when I was a youth guy or a cup of coffee or hang out or, hey, we should have this couple over to eat. And Steph and I have been talking about stage of life, but soon getting back in where we take a couple or two a year and really just meet with them once or twice a month and disciple them over a meal and talk about kids and life and faith and yeah. Jesus. And yeah. um, and so, you know, just there, there's that there's that shift of focus. Like we're going to reorient our meal budget, right? We're, we My family pays more in groceries each each month than we pay on uh, our mortgage. Um, mm. and, and part of that so that we can have community with people yeah. and encourage people and disciple people. And so um, those are things that shift, you know, the way we, we steward our time and our money and our resources uh, is around the view of living on mission for the sake of the gospel. And so I think parents who start thinking more that way, it's like Steph and I just don't quibble over, you know, 10% gross or net. You know, I'm not picking on my, my net friends, but it's like it's not, <laughs> you know, how much to keep. It's like, hey, can we give another percent this year? Yeah. And, hey, what, what can we do for a blessing fund in addition to our tithe so that we can give help friends out who are in need or whatever? How can we, you know, help those that we're discipling to be able to go to this conference they, that we think will be really beneficial? or buy this book for them that we think will be helpful. I think those are the things that when you start joyfully, not dutifully, but joyfully uniting, especially if you're married with your spouse on mission that way, you're on your way to becoming a spiritual parent. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. We hope uh, and pray for all all of our congregation that uh, as they begin to think more deeply about this issue of discipleship, that they will try to figure out what's the next step for them. What's, what's next up for them? So I hope everybody, uh, if you're listening to this, if you've listened to the last several episodes, go out and get uh, Jim Putman's book, Real Life Discipleship. We sell it at the bookstore there at Christ Community Church, but you can find it online at Amazon.com. Uh, pick it up, take a look at it. It's a phenomenal resource, a lot of good information in there, and it walks you through all of these different stages with much more detail. And I think it'll give you some great ideas on how you can begin moving forward in your own discipleship. So we encourage everybody to go out there and take a look at Jim's book and uh, possibly buy it. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to grow as disciples. I know we all need it. Any final words, Casey? No, I'm, I, I just want to encourage you with what Paul writes in Philippians 1.6, for I'm certain of this, I'm sure of this, that he who began the good work in you is faithful to see it to completion. So whether you find yourself here as an infant, uh, a child, a young adult, or a parent, God's at work. Lean into that. Be open to that. Lean into your biblical community uh, and pursue Jesus. He is the prize. And I'll tell you this, I've never had more fun than being a spiritual parent and discipling others. So I encourage you to lean into Jesus and follow him and trust him and go make some disciples. We'll talk soon. Amen. We'll see you next time on Gospel Matters.